0: What's up everybody, welcome to the Real Talk Podcast where we talk about stunts, acting, and life in the entertainment business. <laughs> Alright, cool, we're recording.
1: <laughs> Alright, we're live, we're on the air.
0: Yeah, yeah, what's up everyone? On hey, the internet. Um, got a special guest today, uh, my homie, Remy is here. Um, Remy, we usually do this with my other friend Jarman. Yeah. But he's been, he's been busy with stunts, he actually did like, he quit his job Went full time stunts. All right, and like he's been busting his ass, and then about let's see, he's been unemployed for eight months. Okay, and then now he's getting hit up for like stunt gigs. Oh great, this and that. So it's working out. Pays off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, we're running solo with just me, which is cool. Um, Well, it's a pleasure to be here. Yeah, yeah. Thanks for thanks for thanks for coming here. And cooking us tacos, dude. <laughs> Thanks for having me in your house. I had nowhere else to be. This is
1: a real captive audience situation here.
0: Oh, great, great. Yeah, you have to pay for you know to stay. Uh, <laughs> anyway, yo, so little introduction, guys. So this is uh, this is Remy. I met him on the cast of when I was on Marco Polo. Marco and, Polo, and yeah. he, you know, for me, Marco Polo was so special mainly because well, one, it was like I've never been on such a big set, right? and i never expected everyone to be really welcoming yeah uh especially when you got this new guy coming in my cousin uh and all this all these other existing
1: established relationships that yeah, have been going yeah. on and it was a massive set it was huge like how do you penetrate like a uh a, a set with like there are 500 people
0: dude oh, it was man. intense i i i was like oh my god they have the entire studio lot and it's it's it was it was an uh, amazing experience but yeah Met you there with a handful of the other cast members, and it's been—it was such a joy, and I'm—I was so grateful to have met you. But yeah, go ahead, man. Introduce yourself and tell us who All you right. are. Yeah. Uh, look, my my name's Remy He. Uh,
1: I'm an actor. I'm from Australia. I'm from Sydney. I just landed in L.A. yesterday. Welcome and back. uh Yeah. Thanks for <laughs> it's great to be back. And here and here I am. Uh, so I'm I'm staying with Josh uh, at the moment, which is amazing. It's always good to have friends around the world who you can, uh, you know who can help you out in a time of need My I mean, pleasure, I, yeah man. yeah yeah it's a it's a funny place to be in LA especially during pilot season you know everyone's trying to cram in and like find places to
0: stay yeah, it's, dude. A, it's a fight but it's a uh, it's fun you know tell us about that um you had a pretty dramatic experience <laughs> in the customs bin. oh man ah, yeah American you know I I'd actually have
1: to bite my tongue in this one in case oh, like someone yeah. from border patrol actually listens in here. Yeah, never mind. You know, <laughs> Hey. scratch that. No, but got what in was just fine. What was funny? I mean, on the plane right over here, uh, I I sat down onto, a, onto my flight in in Australia, and as soon as I walked onto the airplane, I got hit out of the blue by these hay fever symptoms. Just like out of nowhere, all of a sudden, my nose is running and I'm sneezing uncontrollably, and I've never felt more self conscious. As an Asian person on an airplane, like that's you, that's you, and like, like coughing and sneezing, I'm like, oh my god, people, are like they're gonna look at me. I'm that guy, like, no, no, I don't, I don't have it. I don't have the coronavirus. It's just, it's just allergies. I swear. I Imagine swear.
0: if you just walked in with a face mask.
1: Yeah, well, d- <laughs> dude. I mean, I, I was, I was thinking about it. You know, the the, the airports are filled with people in in, in face masks right now because yeah. it's a it's serious business, man.
0: It's crazy shit, man. We just got some cases here in Los Angeles, and it's like. Okay. Uh and I just read somewhere else that it's like tens of thousands of people oh uh, over there that are getting diagnosed and Basically, it's all quarantine right now. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like all those cities are going to shut down. It's terrifying. But then
1: there was a story this morning about a woman who escaped from Wuhan. She she lied and she took all this medication to like... So she was actually exhibiting signs of fever. And she took medications to like uh, bring her uh, body temperature down so she could get past the screening points because she had a reservation at a Michelin star restaurant (laughs) in Paris. So she got out of Wuhan... And like made it past all the security screenings because she didn't want wow. to miss out. She didn't want to skip out in a res. And she's gone to this restaurant and presumably infected I don't know
0: how many other Holy people. Holy shit. She made it there? Yeah. Yeah. What a story. Yeah. <laughs> that is hilarious, dude. Is, is that, that what is, we're talking about today? Yeah. That, yeah are yeah. we on topic? We're just, um, that's what we're talking about <laughs> right now, obviously. Um, but yeah, yeah, Remy, tell me about your. Yeah, so I've come over from Australia. Yeah, yeah. Australia, family life. Um, do you have any siblings? Yeah. Uh,
1: look, I mean, I, I, uh, I feel like I've got a pretty out there story. I mean, um, I was born in Malaysia. I'm uh, one of three kids. I've got two older sisters, mm-hmm. and um, I was born in Malaysia in Malaysian Borneo, uh, Kota Kinabalu in Sabah. That's that's my home. I just went back there for Christmas to catch up with the family. Um, and it'll always be home to me. And I, I left when I was young um, because my dad, he's a, he, he works in medicine. And um, we were always traveling around um, due to the nature of his job. And, I, and so I grew up in Papua New Guinea in like this small village, this coastal town called Medang, not a very large population. And that was wild. That was like when people uh, ask me, um, where did you get, you know, this passion for acting when did you Mm -hmm. get bitten by the bug yeah yeah i i I honestly like i always trace the origins back to then because like the power was off every other day we had no television reception um it was really bare bones living and you just had to make do with what you had so like we would um you know be putting on finger puppet shows and like oh, wow. um with with like um the native png guys like across the road like they they would um, be inviting me out all, all, all the time to play music or to uh, to listen to stories and um yes yeah, so there was there was no uh, i felt like my my childhood my growing up there was no real um passive form of entertainment you always had to be involved in in creating your own fun and wow. yeah and, and and that's sort of like how i credit a lot of um like why I chose this uh this 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 job, um was I always see the roots started growing there in, in PNG. H- how long did you
0: live in? I I know? was in
1: Papua New Guinea for about uh six seven years. Okay. Yeah yeah so between between the ages of um two to eight pretty much and then then I moved to a uh, mm. to Australia um, yeah yeah I, I moved to a, a little town called Townsville and um, shout out to anyone who's in Townsville I've never been back. <laughs> <laughs> Townsville's like far north it's far north queensland and uh i kind of feel like australia operates in a polar reverse to america yeah. where like i i think racists get dragged towards the equator of our countries like in america it's the deep south yeah. right that, at least that's the stereotype that's, or, stereotype, that's where yes. all the hillbillies are well the hillbillies or the bogans as we call them in australia they all gravitate up north uh it's so that was it's interesting... weird to think
0: that i mean you know, no disrespect to... Racists out there? No, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know what's weird? I did a bike trip uh, from Seattle down to Oregon. So we were in the Pacific Northwest. Right. Going down to Oregon, we're running into freaking... and it, I don't know if this is derogatory, but we're running into Hicks. And I'm like, sure. this is so weird. Yeah. I'm like... We're by the Pacific Ocean. Yeah, <laughs> the Pacific yeah, Northwest. have thunk? Yeah, who'd have thunk? So strange. Uh, Oregon also is is really weird. It's a really weirdly really weird hub for. It's not just Portlandia, right? No, no. It's just it's just <laughs> so strange. It's a weird it's a weird spot where you got like the conservatives and you got the ultra liberals, and they're just like it's like a battlefield over well, there. Well, a literal
1: battlefield. There was yeah. a there was like a a, a death, right? I mean, yeah. there, there was like an attack where, a, where yeah. a guy got onto a tram or something, and he was like he, he was a super far right wing. What is it? He he was anti-Muslim, right? And then he tried to stab someone.
0: There was that. There was also, uh, what is it? The guy that ran his car into the group of people. I forget. that Was, was that Charlottesville? Oh, was that Charlottesville? The, oh, maybe that was Charlottesville. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, yeah. The, but I do know that there's a lot of, like there was a, this one reporter. Um, I believe he, interesting guy. I forget his name. He is Vietnamese. He's gay. He's also a Republican. And then okay. he was Good just kind of reporting some stuff out there. And then, um, oh, man, the, the far left group, I forget what they're called. Holy shit. I forgot the oh, name. Oh, like Antifa? Antifa. Yeah. Yeah. They, like, you know, attacked him. And I'm it's just so strange.
1: The, all of the the boundaries yeah. of like where where do your politics lie? Like what what are your morals? So like it all just gets blurred in there. Like
0: and then Oregon is the is the spot where it's happening. Wow. And of all the of wow. all places. But yeah. I hear you what you're saying but the north in Australia is weird. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So then, wait, what were your uh, your parents doing in, in Papua New Guinea?
1: Yeah. So my dad, um, he, he's he's a doctor and he's in tropical health and medicine and um, particularly into the study and research of uh, diseases and mosquito borne yeah, diseases. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. It's really interesting stuff, man. Mosqui- I grew up with mosquitoes. Like, yeah. They were like a household pet. So it was yeah. my dad's project all the time. Uh, <laughs> but no, it was crazy. Like, honestly, some of my most like vivid memories of, of a child were uh, in Papua New Guinea. Like we took this one uh, trip up the Seapik River. The Seapik River is kind of like the Amazon in mm-hmm. Papua New Guinea. And if you stretch it out, uh, it's it's one of the longest river systems in the world. Yeah. And um, we went out there for about three or four days on a canoe with an outboard motor. And these are like crocodile infested waters and at times like you could actually step out of the boat onto the water reeds. Like the, 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 the water vegetation was so thick that you could walk on top of it and you had to do that so that you could get a machete and cut a line for the boat to go through because it couldn't push through. Wow. And, and yeah, so we, uh, we went up there for a few days. It was, um, I was tagging along with my dad on a, on a work trip. I would have been maybe five or six and we were going through some villages that had such limited contact with, um, with outsiders. And, um, so you know they it, it was amazing, my dad yeah. has like JVC camcorder, and here we are with like the tribal elders that they'd never seen um themselves recorded on image before and you, you could play it back and and look through the eyepiece and and see it back and uh oh. yeah it, it, it was stunning it was just it was just stunning so I think these kinds of in experiences and impressions they they they, they left
0: like such a la- lasting mark on me and yeah, yeah, dude that's incredible was your dad doing was he doing just research out there or was he just out there to help these? Both. Both. Yeah. Because so so we,
1: he was definitely bringing um, medicinal supplies yeah. and um, treating people for like malaria or dengue. Amazing. Um, Amazing. Yeah. There was always, always taking like specimens and, and samples. And yeah, there was a funny story about him like traveling. Uh, from popping, I think I think my dad was uh, instrumental in um, laying down some new ground rules for PNG Airlines. Mm-hmm. He went up in the air with some dry ice because he had like some blood samples in uh-huh. dry ice, and he was traveling to Australia. And they had to ground the airplane half an hour after takeoff because the cabin started filling with smoke. It's like the the pressure <laughs> change, the, the pressure yeah, change yeah. started reacting the dry ice, and, and and the cabins filling with smoke. And my dad's just sitting there like twiddling his thumbs, going. In, in my business, <laughs> <laughs> they're like, "What was going on? The planes on fire! Bring it down! Bring it down!" And he had to own up. And they're like, "All right, from now on, no one brings dry ice onto planes." There yeah. you go. Yes, yeah, you're
0: crazy. welcome, Papua <laughs> New That's incredible. That's crazy. What about your mom? My mom was a school
1: teacher, and she was my school teacher. There was only one school in um in our little uh, in our little village in PNG. So uh, yeah. she was my preschool teacher and my my first grade teacher, and that was um. If you want to talk about lasting impressions man try being taught by your mom you know that like that fear that you always have in classroom of like accidentally calling your teacher mom and like all the kids are like hey you, you called <laughs> you called mrs flanagan your mom or whatever oh, it's yeah. like that would happen to me but
0: like because it's my mom and i just you know i'm like dude i, I took so korean I school korean classes on the weekends right my mom was a teacher uh, and then so, so when know, it was my grade grown, the struggle is real yeah and then but the worst was when i got in trouble and i'm just like Oh my god! Really? Yeah. And then she's yeah. like, giving me the look.
1: And I think you, one time. So do you think that you got like harsher punishments than other kids because she was here? I felt mom? embarrassed, dude. Oh, so embarrassing! Dude, so
0: embarrassed. And then, yeah, I, think- I
1: felt picked on by my mom. You know, it was, it was weird. <laughs> like, I I don't think that she was dolling out punishments like equally distributing yeah. them. I I know that she was pulling me. She up wanted you to succeed to be number one. <laughs> yeah yeah oh man very tiger mom of her <laughs> yeah which is funny right no yeah. that, that's interesting so so my mom's english yeah. um, my dad's chinese my mum is english she's from manchester um but i was chatting to someone about this uh the the other day just about like identities and and how things are formed and um it was actually interesting so like we were talking real deep about um racial politics and dating and mm-hmm. um how it's assumed that if, if you're asian i suppose white or female and and, and you date white uh you're kind of seen to be assimilating. Like you're giving up your Asianness to be with a white person, mm-hmm. you know. And that's just a default default assumption. And yeah. I, I suppose it's it, it could be majority. I'm 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 not sure. I can only speak to my own experience in my parents, but like you said Tiger Mom. Yeah. exactly. Dude, my mom is more Asian than my white mom is more Asian <laughs> than the most Asian people I know. She was definitely the tiger mom. She was the one who was like instilling all those that that real harsh asian discipline and you know what like she uh, she was the 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 leader in, in in my family she was the one who led us through chinese new year she was the one who really? you know um, asked my sister to have a chinese wedding and she was the one who organized the the, the tea ceremony and uh, yeah. yeah my mom knows all the traditions she's i swear to god she's she's more asian than my dad <laughs> in some respects so yeah
0: oh uh, that's cool that's really cool i wonder I wonder w- what compelled her to 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 learn all that stuff or or just to really get involved with it.
1: Yeah, I mean uh, that's a really good question. I think my mom was always uh she was definitely different, you know. I mean, she grew up in Australia, which was a very very white country in the 70s mm-hmm. and you know, um I had stories from my parents of like them them dating in the 70s and like that just wasn't a done thing interracial marriage in Australia in the seventies. I'm not saying it didn't happen, but they got looks yeah. walking down the street holding hands in public. Sure. they got looks. Sure, um, and I think that just speaks volumes of both of them and who they were. That uh, they never really felt the need to conform to any kind of stereotype. And uh, yeah. I think I think my mum, like, damn dude, she moved she moved to Papua New Guinea for my dad. <laughs> so that's like, incredible. That that's a woman who's not afraid to uh to
0: want to you know i think she always wanted to learn about the world yeah yeah that's awesome you know the older i get the more i think about my parents especially from the distance that i'm away from them same same with you probably and i'm thinking like you know what's what are some of the things that you've learned from them that you carry with you on the daily it's it's definitely that that openness
1: to new experiences to different Mm -hmm. cultures um I, I moved around a lot. We traveled a lot as, as, as kids and we were always being exposed to other things. And I think the main thing that my mom always told me, she always told me, especially, and, and at school as well was like, find, find the different kids and try and be their friends, you know, fi- find, find, find the ones who aren't like ev- everyone else. And mm-hmm. I think she was also worried in some respects, I think for me, cause like when we moved to Australia, mm-hmm. like I was that different kid, you know, like right. I, I, I was the kid who kind of stood out in, in the crowd. And, uh, and I think she just wanted to instill those those values on me that like never, never other someone, ne- ne- never never mm-hmm. differentiate like or or if you are like like be inclusive. I suppose. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's yeah.
0: great. No, that's really great. I can. I mean, it it shows because again. Coming on to like the Marco Polo set, you know, I wasn't expecting to make friends with everyone this fast. right? And then I was like, oh shit, Remy's a fucking cool dude.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: this is great. That's
1: awesome. Um, that was a very special time. That was a, and a very, very special group of people. Yeah, and it's yeah. amazing. Six years on now, uh, we got friends all over the world. Yeah. Uh,
0: Still keep in touch and it's yeah. great. I love it. It's, it's a very special, yeah, very special group in my heart. Here I am on your couch. Yeah, there <laughs> yeah. Blow up mattress, we got to we, yeah. we're upgrading. Amazing, you know? amazing blow up mattress. <laughs> um, when did you decide that you're gonna do acting?
1: Yeah, when did I decide? Like, okay, so th- there were if there were the roots. I think the the real knock on the door came when I was in a grade twelve in high school in in Australia, and uh, I was having a real hard time. I think I'd never ever fit in really in school. I had good mm-hmm. days, I had bad days, but like I always just knew it wasn't for me, and. I had a lot of pressure to succeed in my academic studies yeah. and uh you know I was I was doing well well enough but I found I I wanted to be a writer man like English yeah. was always my subject of choice I loved English mm-hmm. and um and drama just came naturally I I found myself in in drama classes just like and I just assumed because of my background with the English language and and and, the, and those kinds of subjects yeah. um that that's why it transferred, and I didn't even realize that acting was a job that I can do like that that's not something that I can do it's not something yeah. that that people who look like us can do yeah. when you grow up and you you turn on your t v it's not it's not an explicit message being told, but when you'd never see a face that's like your own on 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 the t v like why would you assume that I can grow up to be a TV star it's Dude, just absolutely yeah so it it, it that that wasn't Ever something that I thought that I could do until one day, um, this theater company came around, uh, to all the schools in, yeah. in Brisbane and they were, um, holding open auditions for, for a professional show. Yeah. And so I auditioned at my school cause they were just like doing real general casting calls. Right. And I was picked up for a, uh, for a recall. And, um, I think I did about three auditions in total and I got the part and what was crazy it was this kind of like um very degrassi junior high kind of on stage. Like it was very young. It was yeah. very topical, it was very hip, and it, it dealt with all of the subjects that uh, you know, kids growing up in high school have to deal with, you know, sex and drugs and um, you know, like just your your performance at school and all that kind of stuff. It was it was a really, really topical show and very fresh. And um I got to play this the the hot school captain with like <laughs> oh, nice. with like the cheerleading girlfriend. Yeah. Um, but then, who's also an asshole because he ends up like cheating on her with this other person, and it was just so bucking <laughs> every stereotype yeah. of who you should be as an Asian person. Yeah. That's awesome, and uh, yeah, you know, and I look, I got taken out of school for like a month or two to to rehearse and to put this play on, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, we were performing to to real like packed houses, we were sold out the show pretty much, and um, amazing, and I just felt like a rock star, man. I was yeah. like, I belong here, man. Yeah, and then, yeah. you know, like like screw screw school you know yeah. and then i had of course i had to go back and i was like wow I, w- I want that again yeah yeah so after school i I was just auditioning like crazy for anything i, I just got bitten by the bug and yeah it was it was like a real addiction i just had to get back on a stage somehow in some way
0: amazing amazing yeah i mean my my experience on stage was just when i first moved out here on acting like or for acting in acting class i was on stage we put up a scene And my scene partner and I, we were, this is like maybe like the third or fourth scene that I was working on. And just, we got into a moment. We hit all the beats and it just felt really good. I remember when we finished the scene, there was like dead silence. And then you hear people go, (gasps) (laughs) (laughs) and then, and then again, yeah, and I was like, oh, that was fucking amazing. Yeah, That's amazing. Did you, did you study acting in? college or yeah
1: so I mean look it's, it's so funny man after, after that experience and I and I knew then I was like yeah this is, this is something that I can do right yeah but I thought I've got to please my parents so <laughs> I, the studied, next I, uh, I, I studied a year <laughs> of animation and like bombed out of that because I just like 15 hours a day in front of a computer like it was just frying my brain and I, yeah. I, I, I love animation I, I love everything to do with it but very quickly that was not for me and then I I did a year of like kind of like a liberal arts degree, mm-hmm. um, I, and I studied everything, man. That was like my year of uh, of education in in uh, going nowhere. Like <laughs> I studied everything to to like yeah. do nothing, but yeah. definitely no job prospects coming yeah. up. I was doing human rights and ethics. I was doing language. I was doing uh, sexuality and psychology and film and TV and politics and just like philosophy and. Stuff that is going to like, I don't know, well, round you out really well as a human being, but like, I was never getting a job out of that <laughs> and I had no intentions to. But um, then, then, I, uh, then I got accepted for my first um, lead role in a mm-hmm. professional play at the State Theatre Company and that kind of changed everything for me. Um, yeah, and, and you know, what was funny is like, when I look back in hindsight, my parents were behind my back all the way. Like, they, they were really? never stereotypical like Asian kind of parents in the way that like oh no you can't be in the arts. Mm-hmm. In fact they they gave me every ample opportunity to embrace that side and I think I was really kind of just putting it off for fear of myself. Yeah. Like that 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 fear of failure. Yeah. Um and then uh after after that play, you know, and and, and now I'm talking like like big time. It was an award-winning play and I got paid very handsomely for it and I'm the lead in it. And again, I'm, I'm just like finding myself in a position where like, I didn't think we, that we were supposed to do this. Like, <laughs> yeah. like h- h- how is it that like, as, as an Asian person, like, wow, like there actually are opportunities here. If, if, if you stand up and if you back yourself and, um, that, that fear of failure, just like throw that out the window and go out there. Okay. Like I can do this. I can be an actor. Like there's yeah. no one out there anymore telling me that I can't. Yeah. But I decided that, um if I'm going to choose this as a profession, it's a, it's a tough job. It is a tough job. Yeah. Um, and I wanted to at least be able to say to myself that, you know what, failure or not, if I get to the end of my career, I can leave no stone unturned and say that I didn't try. Um, i was like you've got to go to drama school um so i auditioned for uh, the national institute of dramatic art it's in sydney Mm -hmm. um it's uh the country's most prestigious drama school a lot of fantastic actors have come out of there yeah um like Kate blanchett mel Mm -hmm. gibson um like some really fantastic actors and uh i spent three years it was a very english style like traditional uh disciplined hardcore theatrical training like conservatory style and uh yeah it was it was a real it was a real time it was three years of just nonstop stop study and that was that was amazing
0: that's awesome that's incredible yeah it, it, you you talked about failure you talked about how you know you gotta basically you know not be scared to fail you have to and that
1: was something that <laughs> that they tried to teach us at drama school uh uh just failed but Fail gloriously is what mm-hmm. they told us. Like, if you're gonna do it, like, go out on a big choice. Yeah. I think what they were trying to say is like, be Nicholas Cage. <laughs> fail gloriously. I feel yeah. like no one embodies that more yeah. than the Nicholas fucking Cage, dude. Matt Props. Yeah. Make make those big choices. You know, yeah. be bold. Don't be afraid. Don't don't be safe. And then, of course, uh, the irony being is that if you did fail at that school, they'd kick you out. Like literally. <laughs> like if you get if you get an F on your report card, you're gone. It was that hardcore. We we lost a person every year. Wow, um,
0: how big was the student body?
1: Uh, Twenty-four people in each class, and we ended up with twenty-one. And they were split up, so it was like yeah. you'd only be with twelve in a group of twelve in any particular class at a mm-hmm. time. Um, yeah.
0: Do you still keep in touch with some of your classmates? Oh yeah,
1: yeah. We uh, they were like bonds forged in blood. Yeah, you know. That's and great. I, and I think uh, yeah, we're 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 still really tight.
0: What was it like going to drama school? Like I, I I've never been. I'm only imagining you're putting up scenes of work a lot or you is know it what? more that's
1: <laughs> i expected to be doing a lot more acting at drama school than we ever got to do yeah. because it was it was boot camp the first year they never let us have a script in our hands for like the first six months well wow. it was like all right we, we auditioned with these um theater pieces um yeah. and like acted our pants off and then it's like you're, you're told you made it you made the cut you're a great actor you've got into the school and then it was like. Now, you're not allowed to act again. Yeah. Uh, we're putting the training wheels on. And we spent hours every day learning how to breathe, learning how to walk. <laughs> and it's like, we laugh. I laugh yeah. now. But like, they played us back the tapes of us walking on that first day, from the first Wait. day to the last day. So they recorded us just walking across a room.
0: Literally just... Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay.
1: And it was insane, like, how our bodies had had changed. Because we would do classes in Alexander Technique right. and, and in yoga mm-hmm. and in, like, just... we We, we were like people coming from real different backgrounds, man, people who'd never worked out in their lives and all of a sudden, you know, we're literally in like physical boot camp, and and, and learning how to use your diaphragms. And, um, like I, I had no idea in my first year, I had like one hell of a slouch. My posture was, was terrible, you know? Um, so it was not about scripts. It was not about acting. It was like getting you to a place where you are not restricted by your habits. Wow,
0: okay, yeah, so like so really
1: embodying the physicality of
0: Because act. acting is it's
1: bringing you into a neutral place so that then yeah. you can do anything so that when you take on a character, the physical choices that you're bringing to that character are conscious, mm-hmm. you're making that decision, you're not just like oh like uh i I slope to the left and like my my right hip's kind of out, so that's how my character's gonna be It's like no if it, what if your character isn't like that, you yeah. need to be you need to know where uh your neutral center is to mm. be able to go in any direction,
0: right, right. That's really cool. I pfft, had no idea. Yeah, but but yeah, just I know like working on different sets. I I understand how, yeah, physically demanding. Um, it's grueling. It's it, grueling. it is we'd, man. We
1: people look at it as such a glamorous kind of a job. Yeah, and uh, from the outside looking in, it is hell yeah, yeah. man. I I look at you know, Ellis <laughs> actors all the time. I'm like, damn, I bet your life is good, <laughs> yeah. and it probably is. That's, yeah. that's why you know. But uh, but no, when you're on set, like. Some of those 15-hour days or 70-hour days, that's... Grueling. Yeah, yeah, grueling. Yeah, dude. Still, I wouldn't do anything else. Yeah. I'm
0: a glutton for the punishment. I'm a masochist. <laughs> You're a masochist. Yeah. What's your, what's your favorite thing about acting? Like, why... And I understand that, you know, this was kind of groomed when you were living yeah. in Papua New Guinea where, yeah. you know, entertainment was kind of something that you guys had to do. But what's what's one thing that's like... What do you love about it? I love picking up that script for
1: the first time and if it's a good script and it resonates with you you're seeing the world from a different point of view Mm -hmm. and you're being asked and invited to inhabit that yeah you know it's it's a really special thing to be asked to do to 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 be able to cloak yourself in the skin of a of another character that hopefully has been written well you know by a writer who knows what they're doing and then um to disappear in that. I, I love being challenged. I love being asked to view things from outside of my own personal box. And mm-hmm. I feel like with acting, that's what we get to do every day. Like you get to be someone you're not. And I know that's kind of cliche and you still bring so much of yourself into the work, but um, every day is like, it's it's personal growth. It's stretching yourself beyond yeah. beyond the norm. And
0: that is, it's, it's a privilege. Yeah, one thing that I really appreciate and I'm so thankful that I did get into it is you you put yourself into these positions where you do have to view another perspective. And then when I was getting taught this, you know, in acting class, I'm thinking, Oh my God, everyone should do acting. Yeah. Just if you're not going to do it to pursue the arts, just do it for your own personal personal growth, growth. get out of your comfort zone zone. And then it, it just helps you to, to view things differently, on some other pair of shoes. Yeah. Yeah, dude. That's it's, awesome. Yeah. It's an incredibly
1: um like grounding thing to do, I think. Yeah. Yeah.
0: That's dope. I love it. I love it, man. Um Remy, you love to cook. Yeah. 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 What's your <laughs> I, I love watching your videos on Instagram. Yeah, every time Thank I'm you. watching, I'm like, oh what's What's Remi cooking today? And you know what I really appreciate that you do? You yeah. prep the ingredients and you put them in their place beforehand. Mise on place, place,
1: man. It's all about keeping a healthy workspace. Yeah. People uh, think
0: that's like, oh, it takes too so much time. Like, no. It saves you time. It saves, it saves you, you time. time. Yeah, man. Yeah.
1: That was a lesson I learned the hard way because I was, I, I, look, I never used to be a good cook. This is only something I picked uh-huh. up recently. And uh, thanks to acting because I found myself in like hotels all the time or service apartments and yeah. you're at the mercy of whatever takeaway restaurants near you. And, and mm-hmm. I used to get, sick and tired of that like yeah. you know I, when you are acting when you're on set when you're doing these long days you have to take care of yourself you mm-hmm. have to really know what you're putting into your body to fuel mm-hmm. you to get you through that day and um i really just got into nutrition in a big way thanks to marco polo you know yeah i never worked out harder in my life i've never been in like more peak physical condition and you know like like when 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 you work out you have to take care of your body you have Absolutely. to know what's going in and um so that that started cooking for me, like because I. I was like I want to take control of this. I want to. I want to be in control of what I'm. What I'm fueling myself with, and and just cooking took off. I went down the rabbit hole. Um. Yeah. And you know, when I, when I'm not acting, I that that's my new
0: thing now. So. Oh, I love it. I wish you guys were able to taste the tacos that you made. <laughs> Super bomb. I just learned that you can just pickle these radishes in like 30 minutes with this vinegar. Yeah, yeah. Just slice up those
1: radishes. I, I learned those from the, uh, from the taco trucks down in, uh, down, down in LA. Um, they always, do the same thing? Yeah, yeah. They've always got just like that, that jar of like a, a little container of pickles just sitting there in vinegar or apples, apple cider. And uh, yeah, it's just so simple to do yourself. And it's just oh, so right. bright and tangy and really- Look really at gives it right it now. Really it's, gives it's, so,
0: it's so tangy. Oh, they're still <laughs> bubbling away, man. They're going to be excellent <laughs> tomorrow. They're going to be funky. What's your, what's your favorite thing to cook?
1: Ah, uh, man, uh, my, my favorite thing. I mean, at the moment, yeah, bre- breakfast tacos. When I, when I left LA and I went back home to Australia, that was what I missed most. Yeah. And I was like, wait a minute, I can do this.
0: I can make breakfast tacos.
1: <laughs> and it's just, it's an amazing way to wake up, dude. I, yeah. I, lo- I love Mexican food. I love Mexican cuisine. Um, I love cooking pastas as well. Talk, talk about like pushing yourself out of your comfort zone and learning new things all the time. Like I never really used to be that big into Italian food. Mm-hmm. And I think just by virtue of the fact that I didn't get it, I didn't really understand it. I, and I look at the pastas and i just be like, well, that's four ingredients. That's simple. Like that's not worthy of my time really in in, in a way. And then I learned, Oh, actually, no, there is such a huge amount of respect that you need to give to all those, say four simple ingredients. Yeah. Um, and that there is a respect and discipline to Italian cooking that, that I love. Um, so then, then I just fell in love with pasta like over the last couple of years. Yeah. Yeah. Incredible.
0: I love making pasta too, man so bad but so good yeah I know do you, do you make out. have you made your yeah noodles yeah before? so I,
1: yeah I, I generally um, if I've got time um, I'll make my own make my own uh, pasta and I, I got friends involved we got like a like a 12 people party the other day and oh, everyone like I a lot it. of people you know who've never done it before and it's such a great thing to do with your hands and yeah. you know, to make the food that you eat so everyone was like rolling the pasta and eating the dough hanging out to dry and it was great that's yeah. incredible Andrew say hi hi
0: <laughs> this is my roommate what are, you, what are you doing Andrew where are you going hi. <laughs> uh, and then I'm going to a potential manager meeting. Potential Andrew, manager meeting. Out there hustling. Yes. Yeah, all the time. It's the grind. Yeah, there it is. The this is the actor's house. We have a nice setup here. Yeah, <laughs> you yeah. Guys we've can got see. like
1: some awesome self tape uh material in the background here. You've got like a wonderful drop
0: wall. I know. And then filming right. self tapes in this place it looks professional as fuck. Andrew's really good yeah. at doing like this backlighting thing. We did a self tape the other day, and I was like. He took this little lamp right there, and then he just kind of lit it up, put a little diffuser on it, you know, just literally laid a piece of paper towel on it, and it gave it this nice little glow in the back.
1: It's a little thing. It's a little salt on top, man. (laughs) Yeah, this guy. He's the best. (laughs) (laughs)
0: There you go, man. Um, Favorite project you worked on so far?
1: Oh, geez, that is. Oh, it's so many. It's a tough one, isn't it? Because it's like you have to really choose your... Choose your children. Um, mm. I'm really lucky insofar as I can say that uh, every project. So um, I, I had a, a sit down meeting with uh, with my manager out here in America recently. Mm-hmm. You know, and we were talking about next steps and where do you want to go? And he just asked me really off the cuff, like, is there anything in your resume that you're not proud of? Yeah. And I was like, nope, no, everything, everything I can back. Because yeah. Yeah, I'm lucky in that way that yeah. um, I've had incredible opportunities and Every show that I've worked on has been so incredible. Um, yeah. So, I mean, look, it's, I'm giving a cop-out answer. but no, it's, how about it's this? everything.
0: Um, because you and I worked on it together. Favorite moment uh, on Marco Polo. Ah, oh, favorite
1: moment on Marco Polo, dude. Yeah. There was so... Uh, yeah, okay, again, so many to choose from. <laughs> we got to film in Kazakhstan. We got flown out to Central Asia, and we are on the steppe, like six hours into the desert. And there was a scene where um, I played the prince of Mongolia and I'm um, literally like a prince in, in shining armor on a white horse. And I had to lead, like uh, we had 300 extras and they just got 300 local guys to arrive with their own horses.
0: Holy out, shit. Out into
1: the middle of the desert. And then they were suited up in armor and, and given their swords and everything. And I had to lead a charge across the desert. And when they yelled action and, uh, and I, I just went and um, there was one moment, there was one moment where I got to catch a glance behind me. Yeah, and it was the Mongol horde dude, oh my following my God, lead, I and got like this, this right cloud now, of dust being kicked up, obscuring the sun, and the helicopters flying above uh, to capture all, to capture it all because uh, they were doing in this area yeah, wide. Yeah. And I was like, remember this because uh, it might never come again. <laughs> yeah,
0: dude, that is incredible. Yeah. yeah, it's a good thing you look back. I mean, yeah, shit.
1: yeah. What a feeling, man. There, there were there so many to choose from, though. I mean, like, we were so lucky on that set. We got to yeah. fire trebuchets, you know, we got to like like learn martial arts yeah. and um, the stunt team were incredible. That was second to none. Crazy. Uh, that, that was Fred my, Chan, Brian Ho. Yeah, dude. All of the guys. All of the guys. The Chinese crew. The
0: Chinese team worked with like the Jackie Chan stunt team. Yeah. Then you got like it, it was literally this Jet worldwide Lee stunt guys. Yeah, yeah. dude. I, I was blown away. I, I had no idea. Um because when I joined stunts with them, these were these guys. I'm just thinking, oh my god, they're they're like your everyday superheroes. Yeah, they're they're so physically capable to do like all these things. Um, there, there, there was one guy, little jet, little jet, because he, he, he's little jet. Uh, he, he's Jetly's, uh double. Yeah, right. Because he, yeah. he's dead ringer for
1: him. Yeah, but he could he could like do this this flying kick where he like leaps into the air, and I swear to God he hangs in the air for about 0. 0.75 seconds longer than any normal human being should. Like he just defies floats, gravity right? for like just that little bit of extra time. Yeah. And like, what the hell? Yeah, it's crazy. What Shaolin monastery did you learn this <laughs> from?
0: You know? Dude. Yeah, we have some badasses. Steve Brown. Yeah, Steve Brown. Brownie. Um, did you see that video when you got hit by a horse? Yeah, yeah. Oh my God. <laughs> Were you there? Were no, you there? but I, he, I think I, he just One minute he was video. there, the next minute he wasn't and it was yeah. just horse and yeah. he was like blown away. Yeah. That I yeah I remember him showing us that video like the next day we were like oh my god yeah. dude How he's never you? he's never been the same since yeah oh, yeah poor guy we we, we we still treat him like he's normal but uh, really <laughs> no he never came back oh yo no, he's killing the game right now Steve Brown shout out to you man um any advice to up and coming actors man the whole reason why we do this podcast is you know we want to get right. someone seasoned uh, right. or someone who's been in the game for a while and it's yeah. like you can impart um. Some really insightful knowledge and wisdom. Oh geez,
1: uh, you are you're, uh, you're definitely blowing me up here, man. I'm, <laughs> I'm sorry, like, I'm like no, no, no. I'm like, <laughs> We're going deep, wow, what, what, what can I what can I possibly offer? I, I feel like I'm still figuring it out every day as well, you know. I think that's I think that's a really good good one, is that um no one's got it figured out. Yeah. Um and 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 no one is really here's the thing, no one's really where they wanna be, right? Mm-hmm. Like everyone's trying to chase that, that next thing. And I think there's a huge lesson to be learned in, um, in accepting where you are and that being okay, Yeah, you know, and that doesn't mean of course that, that you shouldn't be out there. You got to be out there and you right. got to be pushing yourself, but, right. um, don't, don't beat yourself up when, when you don't get the part. Yeah. Um, cause that, that kind of undue negativity that's going to be the thing that pulls you out of the race. Yeah, and it's a marathon; it's not a sprint. And Absolutely. You you just have to be aware that there are so many things that are trying to pull you off course that that are going to try and slow you down, and and it's all it's all in your mind. And I mean, I I say this as much to myself as, as the next person because we're all susceptible to it, and we all go through the good times when you when you get the job when you, when you book it, and you have to know that you book that over someone else. Yeah. You know, and so so when when you go in for that role that you really really want, and and you don't get it, you that that's not your path that's that's yeah. you know and you, you've got to give love and you have to give support to to the person who who did book it because it's it's going to come around to you again it's yeah. all it's all circular um and because i look my, my thing is longevity you know i want to do this for as long as i can for the rest yeah. of my life hopefully and so that kind of negativity if if you're beating yourself up and if you're like just getting down because you didn't get the job I tell you what like it, it's easy to fall into the trap and again i say this from experience but um that's going to be the thing that eventually stops you wanting to do it. Mm-hmm. It's going to stop you wanting to come back. So mm-hmm. you need to keep returning to um, to to the basics. It's and it's all it's all about the work. It's just getting yeah. out there, doing what you do, acting. Yeah, getting that script, interpreting yeah. it, giving your giving your giving it your all. You know, um, and 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 the rest is out of your hands. Then, yeah, the rest is out of your hands. That's you, great. You, you probably didn't get the role because you were like an inch and a half too short. Yeah, you know. You probably, yeah. did, you probably didn't get the role because, yeah, yeah you, they, they, it just doesn't match up with, with someone else who's already on the cast. And it's like, you can't act that. You can't act that
0: anymore. That's out of your hands. So don't let it get to you. That's that's so true. There's just so many things that are... So many variables. <clears throat> yeah, outside of our control. And, um, you know, you touched upon um, being happy with where you are right now. It took me... Let's see. I've been really... I've been only just going after acting for the last, like, five, six years um it's a decent amount of time. Yeah, yeah, and now I am like when I think about it and I think about how I do have the opportunity to pursue this thing. That makes me so happy. Yeah. Cuz there are there there are people who they can't even get the first step off. They, right. can, they or and they it's not I don't know if they can't but they refuse to because of god knows whatever is going on through their heads. of failure. Yeah. Fear of failure. Yeah. Nine times out of ten. Dude, it's you're crazy. you
1: scared because what if I do this and, and it doesn't end up the way I want it to? Yeah. You and know? people are going to
0: look at me. and People are going to laugh at yeah. me. Yeah, It's insane, man. So that's there. Yeah, that's that's deep. That's really good. Nick Nick Cage would never be afraid of that. No, he's never. Nicholas Cage <laughs> would never. No, man. He
1: steps off the curb without looking for the bus,
0: you know? Oh, man. <laughs> I had a funny... Uh, my, my friend had a funny running with nick cage's
1: oh uh, god tell me i'm I'm here for Nick cage stories oh wow okay or
0: ex-wife i don't know some some asian chick she would come into the bar complain and he's like oh my god she's talking about nick cage (laughs) and she's just like coming in drunk all the time and then he said sometimes nick cage would come in he's fucking wasted or he's high or something and he's like this asian girl looks like a mess and i'm like oh shit uh but anyway <laughs> yeah when, when i hear a slander Noah, when no one no know, no when this a, is, which is stories stories you know um what's a common misconception mm. about acting
1: Ooh, what's a common mis- yeah i mean look the easy one is, is that we just have uh the best job in the world that you know this is this is just uh this is glamorous yeah. i mean yeah. look it actually is i for me it is the best job in the world but that it's glamorous man you should see the conditions we put up with sometimes Bro, it's hilarious <laughs> you just have to laugh and you know i've I've been on set with like some really like uh uh like topless actors and and then here we are sitting out in a field covered in mud and flies <laughs> and shit like underneath a simple like canopy kind of like yeah. gazebo tent thing and you know it's it's not what it's you think it's it's not what you think
0: literally it is. you'll be lying in mud water horse shit water yeah yeah Pea water yeah i remember when we did some of the stunts in in marco polo they're like all right josh okay arrows gonna hit you cool so action just you know give it a couple beats hit an arrow in the leg running call action couple beats hitting the arrow in the leg and then I fall right into a fucking puddle of mud. And I'm just like, oh my God, dude. And then it just smells like. Yeah, how, yeah, how much of that yeah, is mud? How much yeah, of that is. Exactly. I don't this? know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I just like to think it's all mud, right? Oh God. Yeah, that was. Yeah, it's definitely, it's definitely not that glamorous, man. No. I, I think I want to say, like,
1: maybe. And you know what? You know what? Like, because, like, what is the perception of the glamour? Like, is yeah. it the red carpets? And I, I, you know, red carpets are stressful they are, str- are stressful yeah. times there is so much pressure on you to to look amazing and say yeah. am- you know like sound great sound yeah. great be yep. perfect oh man like I, i've never really been relaxed on a, on a on a red carpet that is work like yeah. i understand on on press tours why people go crazy you know why uh i, I never really understood because i've never done like a super big movie up until spider-man and then doing the press tour on that like I only got a taste of it, but I understand now why Russell Crowe threw a phone at that guy in the hotel in Venice or whatever.
0: Like you go crazy doing that kind yeah. of stuff. Yeah. You know? And you know, we were just talking about how, um, you know, sometimes these A-list, a celebrities, you know, they get the reputation of being assholes mm. and it's like, well, if they're super busy, if they are getting pulled in all different directions, yeah. Yeah. it's, you know, I'll give it the benefit of the doubt. It's really difficult. You know, nine times out of 10, that kind
1: of behavior can be boiled down to uh, someone trying to maintain their own personal integrity because you are, you're being pulled in so many directions. You're yeah. being told by, by people who have never met you, who don't know you, and who are ju- they're just trying to uh, uh, use you in, in, for, for all intents and purposes uh, for whatever it is that they're plugging, for whatever it is they're doing. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, and sometimes you just need to say no. Yeah, uh, and then immediately, you know, you you kind of like branded as the diva. Yeah, as, now as, you're an as, asshole. It's as difficult. Yeah now, yeah, now
0: you're an asshole. You know, man, I, I I will never forget this moment. I I was I was at this um, Rush Street bar in Culver City, and then we were watching uh, just me and a couple friends. I think we were watching a football game, but then Nick Lachey uh-huh. was there. Um, what was it? Ninety eight degrees or? It wasn't sync. One of the boy bands. Yeah, 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 yeah. So he's there, and then the entire band is there. Oh, snap. But, you know, they're, they're much older now. Then my friend was like, oh, my God, it's them. I'm going to take a picture. I'm like, dude, they're in the middle of eating. Like, <laughs> like, don't do it. It's bad taste. Like, yeah. don't, don't do this. And then she was like, no, nah, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. And then she went up, and I saw the whole interaction. You know, she asked. They paused. And they were just like, ugh. This is okay, probably like okay. a reunion for them, you yeah, know. They don't yeah, get this yeah, opportunity
1: yeah, very yeah. often.
0: Yeah, and it, it's like you know, granted, these guys—they're they're probably not as popular now, obviously. Sure. But it's like, you know, stuff like that. where I'm think I'm sure they were thinking if we said no, then like she's gonna think that we're yeah. jerks, and she's gonna tell her friends, and then this and that, and no one wants to have that on their conscience, and you want to make people happy. But, I, yeah, I get it. Yeah, you're getting pulled in all these like crazy yeah. directions, man. Fuck. Look, here, here's so my stressful. take on
1: it. Here's my take on it. You can ask for a photo. Be polite. But,
0: like, if someone says no, like, that's okay. Yeah. You know? That's okay. Don't take it too hard. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I've seen so many different things, too. At one time uh, at Century City Mall, I saw DeAndre Jordan, basketball player. Yeah. This guy comes up, takes a picture, and then these two other girls come up trying to ask for a picture and he goes what's my name and then yes and then she goes yes the, girl, the girl's like um i just want a photo and then they just walked away and then yeah. the girls were just standing there giggling awkwardly and i'm just like oh my god yeah you guys you suck like these yeah. girls you suck yeah. <laughs> like, come on man don't uh. well played, yeah. Well played yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah good job deandre <laughs> um most influential people in your life. It doesn't have to be acting. Yeah. Yeah. Um,
1: Wow. I, I mean, man, I, yeah, I, I I always come back to my parents. I think that they Mm. set such a sterling example for me um, and really helped form my moral compass. And uh, yeah, I, 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 I love my parents, man. And I, I I respect them so much. Uh, I I constantly try and um, live up to the expectations that, that they set out for me because I, yeah, yeah. I, I think the most influential people for me are, are always, always going, going to be my parents. Awesome. I say that with all. Of yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, no.
0: It's it's so true, man. I mean, I I think uh, I'm gonna have to agree with you there for myself. Like my parents, my brother. Um, yeah, dude. They're we we honestly wouldn't be anywhere without their love and support. You know yeah. What I mean? Yeah. And it's so it's so I great to so hear much, so much to thank them for. And a, again,
1: you know, like. I had uh, I had some amazing experiences growing up as a child. Like I got to experience the the world through through my parents, mm-hmm. and and uh, I realized like like that is such a privilege. Not a lot of people um, get that experience. And yeah. um, the, the other the other thing was that you know I I I did I I found it really hard a lot of times growing up in Australia um, in like this little like very very white town, and 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 I'd come home sometimes after school in in tears because like you know someone had just been uh you know like really like racially like like yeah bullying you or whatever and um and my my mom was always the one who 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 was who was there for me you know um when when whenever things got
0: hard so yeah that's funny my mom too um there was a time where i played peewee football in fourth grade uh it was called it was for the wheaton boys club and predominantly all black right and then i was just kind of throwing the football around with just like some random kids. And then this, this one kid was like, yo, 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 Ching Chong. Whoa. And then I was like, yeah. he must be talking to uh. me. Because <laughs> <'cause laughs> I don't <laughs> see anyone else around.
1: Yeah.
0: Hey, you, talk, you talking to me? Yeah, yeah. you talking to so me? So then my mom comes up. She walks up to this yeah. kid and he's like, don't say that. Don't call him that. Like this is, that's wrong, this and that. And then later on the drive home, she was like, Josh, you have to stick up for yourself. You can't let people talk to you like that. And in fourth grade, I'm like, I don't understand what racism is. Yeah. Yeah. But then I kind of had a feeling like, yeah. oh. It feels wrong, but yeah. you don't understand why. Yeah, right? yeah. 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 My mom was there for me too, like that. Um, all right. Let's go for some fun questions, man. Favorite yeah, animal and why?
1: Uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> man, I, I, I really want a pet pig. <laughs> You keep talking <laughs> I, about this I, I know it's gonna happen man this year I started following all of these uh these pig Instagram accounts uh, it's weird dude <laughs> I don't know I, I I think pigs are awesome I, yeah. I've always wanted like a little pot belly pig or something you know they're they're incredibly like emotional and intelligent creatures and um like a lot of people don't know this but um they, they you you can train them better than dogs they yeah, they they're, they're, they're toilet trained. Um, toilet like, trained, really? Yeah, yeah. They will they'll, they'll just go poo and pee like outside in a particular spot where where, where you teach them to.
0: For someone who's I the thought, human pigs, toilet,
1: pigs willing and shit, right? <laughs> no, 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 dude. Like like they they're, they're so they're so good like that, and uh, they crave they crave interaction. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they they uh, grow real like deep deep bonds. I don't know, like. I'm I'm a cat person too But uh, I I love all animals I love cats I love dogs But Yeah uh, uh, Special place for pigs I don't, I don't want a pet <laughs> <laughs> Okay Alright um, Favorite actor uh, You know I've always I've always loved Jake Gyllenhaal I've uh, always loved Jake Gyllenhaal You have a
0: great story with Jake Gyllenhaal oh,
1: Which one? <laughs> I got, I, 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 got, I got to work with Jake on, a, on, on Spider-Man. We didn't have any scenes together or nothing yeah. like that. But, uh, but yeah, we, we were uh, living in London and, and, and shooting in London. And uh, that was amazing. I, I don't usually get uh, starstruck, mm-hmm. really. But um, that, that was a real big moment for me. Like, I've definitely got a man crush on Jake yeah. Yeah. It was from Donnie Darko, you know. Yeah. From, uh, and, and it was like October Sky. Like, all those like, mm-hmm. films that he did when, when, he, when he was younger. Yeah, um, that was so incredible and, and he had such like he has such range and I love his choices usually gravitate towards the dark and I think yep. that's um, that's something that I really relate to you know yeah. like films like um, what was the David Fincher film the Zodiac Zodiac yeah. you know like mov- movies like that and, and, and Donnie Darko yeah I just think he's got such an intense quality and, um, and you know what he's, 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 I really respect this so this is something I, I, I learned from uh, Jake when I was working with him is he does a play every year yeah um he sets aside time in his year and tells his agent i presume you know like block out this time we're not doing movies i want to do a play and he goes and does like a broadway or an off broadway or a west end you know a musical or a play or a drama or something and um yeah there, there was a play that he did when he was like young like 18 or 20 or something like that called yeah. this is our youth and it's funny because like uh yeah when i was going to drama school that was a play that i always wanted to produce i wanted to make that as soon as i left drama school and and uh and, and put it on and i was speaking to him about it and uh yeah I, I had no idea how how big that play was for him um at, at the time i think he was in it with uh hayden christensen and um oh shit like, forgive me i could be wrong but i'm pretty sure it was natalie portman as well so yeah. the three of them like what a, what a cast um and uh yeah I, I think that he said that that really set him apart uh in terms of how people viewed him he wasn't anymore like the the pretty boy actor, yeah, just, yeah. just give give role getting roles because he's good looking or whatever but um Yo, this guy's got chops and I, I respect that like immensely the fact that he always goes back to the stage because that's where you learn as an actor yeah that's that's where you learn that's where you really have to have your chops yeah you know there's there's no
0: second take there's no seconds take that's on so stage. Raw. yeah yeah, yeah. Would, would you think i, I always hear this and i i kind of disagree when people are like oh it's stage acting is is different than than like television acting And i'm like well course, it's, it's different. It's different, but at the same time, good acting is good acting. Good acting is good acting. That's yeah. right. Yeah. Yeah, man. Yeah, yeah I, I agree. I, I love, like, when I believe when, like, James Earl Jones was going back to theater, um, Denzel Washington going yeah. back to theater. Yeah. And I'm like, this is, I mean, it's, it's like the craft. And it, I equate this to martial arts. You'll never perfect it. No. You'll just. No such thing as perfection. Yeah. You'll, you're just going to hone your knife. And you're gonna keep on learning, and that's that's the beauty of it. You, you you'll never, yeah. Again, you'll never perfect it. Yeah. It's this thing that we will continue to strive for, and I think we need that as human beings. It's like, yeah, you're never gonna make it. You know and, what I mean?
1: and, and what happens when you do? Like, yeah. what, what does that place look like? That that's boring. Now you what? may as well
0: kill yourself. Yeah. <laughs> you now, know, like, what do you do? It's, yeah, it's silly to. And I get the mentality of I'm gonna make it to the top, but. I don't know. It's uh, I, it, as cliché as it sounds. I think it's all part of the journey. Yeah. Um, if you were to have a superpower, what would it be? Ah, uh, I mean, wow. That you.
1: I, I'm I'm kind of split. Like, how cool would it be to uh, to turn back time? But then I'm kind of against that because that goes against the principle that I have of like living without regrets. Right. Oh. So I'm gonna go with flying. Flying. I'm gonna is go fun. with flying, man. Flying is fun. And hey, look. What a way to earn a living. <laughs> <laughs> just just like you, yeah. you could do any you could like I'd go anywhere. Yeah, charge people a hundred bucks to see the dude fly. Like, that's an easy one. Or you could be like Amazon's, like, you could be the the fucking delivery man, like you just be flying around. You want it doing, now? You, do you want it, it now now? Geez, <laughs> I'm not I'm not even like thinking half the things you could do with the power of flight.
0: But, I uh, like the yeah. delivery <laughs> <Yeah>. option. <laughs> <laughs> like, why don't I go to a deliv- flying delivery boy? Like know. that's the peak of what you yeah. can yeah. do with that yeah. superpower. <laughs> Jeez, <laughs> very utilitarian. I love it. Think big, man. Uh, and then favorite superhero.
1: Uh, oh god, this is gonna sound like um like I planned this or some shit. But uh, Spider Man. I I loved Spider Man as a kid. I and how
0: awesome up, is that? that grew up, I grew fucking... up
1: with that with that cartoon yeah. and um and so and, and the books as well. I grew up reading the comic books. And uh, I don't know. There was so there was so much that I identified with. Yeah. In 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 that character and yeah and then just weirdly enough happened to come my way that I got to be in be in the movie. Whew. It's amazing. That's what like
0: dreams, man. That's what dreams are made of. It's yeah. so great.
1: It's funny, like I remember um <clears throat> my my parents this was one thing with my parents. They never really saw uh any value in comic books. They'd never give me money to spend on comic books as mm-hmm. a kid. But a friend of mine, um knew like this this trick like you could go to news agencies on a specific day they'd like throw out any of the comics they hadn't sold and what they do is they like take the the top label off the front cover and send that back to the to the printer or the publisher and they'd get a refund on the stuff on the merchandise that they couldn't sell uh-huh. but they wouldn't send the whole comic book back because that's just dead weight so they would just like tear off a bit of the front cover and then dump the rest in like in dumpster bins behind the news Whoa. agency so we would like my parents would tell me like don't do it don't do it don't do it but we'd go like dumpster diving on like the the wednesday afternoons <laughs> after school and like the ones that yeah the ones that i would always pull out and take home with me was spider-man
0: oh that's amazing yeah. that's amazing what a, what a great life hack man yeah,
1: yeah. I, <laughs> I, I mean i'm sure like that's the, like people must have figured that out and i don't yeah. know if they
0: do it anymore but uh, interesting. I mean, I
1: I feel like comic books they don't really get sold in newsagents anymore. It's like specialty specialty shops.
0: So yeah, comic shops, magic like Magic the Gathering cards. Do, do you remember oh, those
1: shops. days though, when like the yeah. comic books would be like up up there at the newsagents? the newsstands? Yeah. yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Come to think of it, because I I recently just bought some comic books. And what, what did you get? There's a new um, James Bond comic book. Oh, cool. So cool. yeah, a friend of mine. We're gonna do a little fan-made film about the new odd job yeah. nice. I'll, nice. i'll show you i'll show you the comics man great um but yeah it's it, it's cool it seems to me that the comic book game is still pretty strong yeah you know think, oh yeah look at comic-con man yeah dude it's one of it's, the
1: hugest pop culture events in the world i don't think comic books yeah. are anywhere near uh, i don't going think so either man. um
0: what book are you reading right now we right uh, here.
1: <laughs> then I I'm reading uh Yuval Noah Harari's uh Homo Deus. It's a sequel to a book called Sapiens. Yeah. And these these books are incredible. It's kind of like decoding uh kind of like reverse engineering the story of how we got here as yeah. human beings from an evolutionary point of view, from a biological point of view to a social point of view like how is it that we came to create religions and societies and like where was democracy born? What like what, what is this all about? Like and it's Fascinating. I've mm. never read uh, a non-fiction book that was more exciting than than *Sapiens*. Like these, the ideas that are laid out in that book. Like if you've ever had any questions, like about how, how did we get here as a human race? You know, I I, I think that that's the kind of book that, that'll speak to you. So Sapiens was kind of like, yeah, how, how did we get here? What happened in the past? Yeah. How did we crawl out of the primordial ooze yeah. and get to these beings that we are today? And then Homo Deus is looking forward, projecting to the future. Where the hell are we going with, oh, this, man. with this technology that we have? Because we've replaced God in many ways. We, like yeah. if you look back at the Bible, you know, we, we, we would pray to the gods for, um, for good crops, for good harvests, mm-hmm. you know, for good rain. It's like, we don't pray to the gods to do that anymore. We, we invent new fertilizers. Yeah. We do. We, we have replaced, um, the beings that we used to beg. We're, we're,
0: we're almost controlling weather. I think we're like almost there where we can make it rain. Yeah. And you know,
1: where we are at the point now where if we want to, we can have designer babies. And it's like, we, we, we can engineer the, uh, the, the, the DNA of human beings into almost any way that we want. Um, so yeah, that, that that's the book that I'm reading at the moment, Homo
0: Deus. It's yeah. like
1: uh, kind of juggling the ethics of where do we go from here.
0: Fascinating. I'm de- I'm definitely going to order uh, Sapiens. Yeah. Um, it's a page turner, and it's yeah.
1: surprising because like you'd think that it's incredibly dense. It's a
0: big book. It's a thick yeah.
1: book. But um, oh, I I finished it in in days.
0: I remember you talking about it like the last time you were here. Actually. Yeah. 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 I love it. Um, damn, Remy. That's. It's basically it. This well, oh, we come to the end. Yeah, we've, we have come to the end. Man, I um, keep go, talking for days. Yeah, it's great. I know. I love these <laughs> podcasts because, you know, something about using the headphones. Yeah, and then you and I are basically keying in together. Yeah, it's, it's great. You know, it's,
1: it's a wonderful space to be in. It's yeah, really cool. You don't. Yeah. you know, you don't get to.
0: There's, chat like this. There's no exactly. Like there's no distractions. Um, go ahead and plug yourself, man. Social media. Oh yeah, all that good stuff. My name is Remy He. Uh, R E M Y.
1: H-I-I, I'm on all the socials, Instagram. There you go. Twitter. I'm not on TikTok, though. I'm not on TikTok. That's, that's a new thing now, right? Like yeah. everyone, everyone's on TikTok. I mean, there's some funny stuff. There's some funny there's content some really being funny created on, on TikTok, but uh, I'm going to say this: free Hong Kong. <laughs> TikTok. TikTok, they, they, they censor uh, any, anything anything about uh, Taiwan, Hong Kong. No shit. Yeah, all, 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 all that pro independence stuff, all the riots that are happening in Hong Kong. Hong Kong, that was all getting censored uh, by TikTok because, of course, they're owned by a Chinese parent corporation.
0: I didn't know that they were doing yeah. that, but then at the same time, I'm not surprised. Yeah. Yeah. Damn. All right. Well, let it be known on that, on that note. <laughs> let it be known, guys. <laughs> we want equality for all. Yeah. Shit. Um, Remy thank you so much man it was such a pleasure thank you for spending the time to do this with me thanks for having me on your couch yeah oh, of course dude anytime <laughs> it's open no, as long no, as no. you cook these tacos <laughs> oh, then dude. stay however long you want man thank you
1: for having me <laughs> this podcast has been awesome and thanks to everyone who's listening too
0: yeah, yeah man um, in and... yeah it's sponsored by Stunt Co. uh Co follow that on Instagram I'm Josh Hahn uh, you can follow me on the Josh Hahn on Instagram and then Jarman Runez you can follow him on Instagram. Um, it's funny, Jarman is blowing up on TikTok. Really, He's really? he he jumped from like literally ten thousand, and then within about three to four months, he's at one hundred seventy thousand no. followers. Yeah,
1: I had no idea. He's, I was he's, gonna say I have to follow this guy, but I don't have TikTok. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. I uh, have to see it on your phone. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: It's okay. We'll make sure. We'll keep you pure, man. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right, man. Thank you, everyone, for listening. And oh, Remy. Yeah. Appreciate you, dude. Thanks.